folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind, when you want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello and welcome to another episode of Purple Insider presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Collar here. Welcome in Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback and, of course, uh, old friend. Uh, and we are bundled up during this podcast. He's got the big hat on. I've got my hood up here in the sun porch, which is not so sunny and mostly just frozen today where we're broadcasting. But, uh, Sage, you are you're on the mend. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, in some ways, I feel like I'm having like a odd, like releasing physical experience from this injury. I have all these knots and stuff that have been building up over probably 20 years, uh, but just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now after the surgery and the surgery itself was amazing. Um, I was talking to them next thing I woke up two hours later and, you know, they're done. You know, uh, I had a rotator cuff cleanup and a labrum cleanup um nothing too terrible there was a chance there was going to be a like bicep tendon detachment and reattachment which would have been i just like don't do anything really don't do heavy curls and for six months so that's like really um, and that 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 didn't happen so um i'm hopefully i feel like my my body for, for 20 years has compensated for this injury. And it's really interesting to sort of feel it all want to like unlock itself. But in the last six months to a year, it's gotten so unbearable that it was, it'd be hard to do a push up. And my other arm, the throwing arm feels great. But this injury happened a long time ago and, and I just always put it off, never wanted to have surgery. It wasn't where it was so bad where I couldn't bench press it a certain way or I couldn't do most of the lifts or I couldn't do most of the things with my non throwing shoulder. Since we're talking about football, Trevor Lawrence just had, he must have had something probably bigger than me because it sounds like, well, I don't know, four to six weeks instead of me throwing, I'll probably be able to throw before that because it's my non-throwing chain, his, his left too, but, um, I'm, we'll see how it goes. We will, I have not had surgery since I was 19 years old. I had my right ankle scoped and we'll see how this goes and how said like, you know, I feel like my neck and things have always sort of shifted that way because everything works over time to try to secure this thing. And now I have to like, I think, get it out of its socket, the weird socket it's got into and like loosen it out. And then hopefully it'll heal and like, re- well, you know, to where I'm like, I could sign, you know, sign a one day contract again and go out <laughs> and practice. 
Um, well, you still got the hand size. They'll never take that away from you. But the other stuff, I, I don't know. Um, so this you can is obsessed with hand, hand size. And some, <laughs> and size. But it's just the funniest. You people grow up under power lines or something. These freaky mitts. Uh, and what's you, really weird, by the way, is I got big hands. I'm six four, but the guys like Russell Wilson who were really short. I mean, mm-hmm. shorter and have like as big as hands of me. That's to me like the the random guy. And then the random really big guys like Culpepper who have small hands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? I remember Culpepper would fumble all the time and they'd be like, it's because he has small hands. <laughs> That's right. But, but, but he's such a huge guy. Like he's a huge, I look at Culpepper as a huge man. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it does help to have big hands. It's like, it, it's a real thing to a point. It's a real thing to a point. But Delvin Cook is like this where he's five, Jared Goff, ten. Jared Goff, small hands. Small hands? Yeah. Okay. You ever well, seen how Jared Goff throws a football and doesn't spin all that much and mm-hmm. if it comes out nice. It's still not, it's not really spinning. Uh, that is small hands versus Russell Wilson. You watch that go ball Russell Wilson's throws and you see those rotations. That's the difference. You know, that really this, is the difference. This actually goes for every sport. Like even baseball players, if you meet like pro baseball players, they usually have giant hands too. I don't know what it is. Maybe just because they're very large and muscular people. I know Pedro had like crazy long fingers. Yes, and like bend back or something like that. Double joint fingers. Yep. Get like that last rotation <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> It's not make it tail, make it tail. Yeah, a lot of you people are invented in a lab. But uh, anyway, so instead of making fun of your body parts, let's uh, talk about why I brought you on. Because um, I had a conversation with a former teammate of yours briefly, Greg Camarillo, about um, a thread that he put on Twitter about walking away from the game and how it sort of uh, made him think quite a bit about it after Vincent Jackson passed away. And I know that every time a player, former player who's younger is struggling and passes away, that it sort of hits the entire fraternity hard. And I was hoping that I could just read you a couple of things that Greg told me because I wrote it for an article at the website, purpleinsider.substack.com. And maybe just get your reaction because you have such great perspective on these things. And, you know, you were in the NFL for such a long time. And then post-career, uh, you've um, you found your joy podcasting with me. But I know that it's not an easy thing for players to walk away from the game after dedicating so much time to it. So one thing he said to me that stuck out a lot was he said, you put all your energy into one thing and it's gone quickly. If there was a gradual retirement over 10 years, I don't know if it would be so bad. But every day as an NFL player, you work hard toward a goal. I want to make this roster. I want to make the playoffs. I want to make the Super Bowl. Suddenly you're retired and you have all day, literally all day, as opposed to working for a goal. So maybe just give me your reaction to what Greg said. Well, from the time all of us were kids, all athletes, and really all people uh, that dive into something. And as athletes, you dive into all sorts of sports, but then you, over time, you really start focusing on one sport in particular. And you play that longer than everybody else. And you get paid to do it. So there's different dynamics going on here, you know. Uh, the worst thing you can do to have somebody emotionally mature also is to give them a whole bunch of money at a really young age, right? Um, uh So there's all these different uh, challenges from when you get out that are one that rush is gone the rush of what i'm doing today like right now i'm recovering from the field i'm in no big hurry but imagine being in with trainers where every day their job is to get me back mm-hmm. i drove to the physical therapy place today i drove to massage lady today 
They're, they're, and I, I'm going to have all these bills, right? Let's, let's add that to it. There, you don't even see a bill. You never see a bill. You never see a doctor's bill. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't even see them with your family really either. You get to see some deductible, but like they're paying for the premium for five years after you retire. And then all of a sudden that sort of all gets thrown on you for every single thing you have to do. Um, you know, if I needed my wisdom teeth taken out, I did it through Iowa State and I laid on the couch in Ames for a couple of days, but they paid for the whole thing that needed to happen. Right. Uh, so there's this physical side to it. Your body has all these injuries also. And that goes back to even high school, high school athletes have injuries, middle school athletes have injuries that haunt them for the rest of their lives. So we just have more and more of those. There's the, the rush of the game, you know, which is addicting. You know what it's like to be on the field during an NFL game. Imagine like that's your entire life and it leads up to these huge big deals and there's big money on the line and the games are really exciting. Um, it's all a lot to all of a sudden like really nobody cares and that's, and that's fine. But you have all these other things slapping the face. Your structure is gone. If you're an NFL quarterback, it's like, all right, set the alarm for six or whatever, you know. Um, and you get in there and you have breakfast and you know, some guys work out first and whatever. There's a whole thing that goes on. And even if you go home in the off season at, at one o'clock, there's been this structure in place. Then you go hang out with your family more and, you know, go do whatever. You actually have some free time. But during the season, it's extremely structured. And that goes back to college too, which goes back to high school too. High school life is extremely structured. And then as like my son is, he's in an apartment in Los Angeles going to college. They're off in college doing their whole thing. His life is now like whatever he makes of it. He has mm-hmm. to figure out the food. He has to figure out where there everything is, has been taken care of because their job is to give you the best food. The job is to give you the best physical care. The job is to, you know, and your job is to go to school and, and play the sport. Um, so all that structure disappears. Also, if you have enough money but before, you know, you don't have to have a job. You don't have to have these things that then usually give most people structure in life. You wake up, you go to a job, you come home, you do this, you do that, and that's your life every day. But when you don't have to have that, or you could have that, but it's not really what, and, and also, by the way, especially the older you get, you retire at 30, all of your, even if you have your college degree, all of your friends have been working for like nine years, mm-hmm. eight years, right? They've been working since they were 22 years old. They got into insurance and now they do this and they have a little state farmer, you know, J.R. Tolver. I played maybe a year or two in the league. Uh, he was a receiver in Miami, San Diego State. He has like a little state farm insurance office in so and so California. He was doing that 12 years before I did that. You know, right. So everyone else is like a head start on what real life is. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here going like, what this insurance stuff is maddening. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And yeah, this constant yeah. back and forth. And because I have these injuries and it ends up becoming one big paper mess, you know, and it's just, yeah. So all that structure is gone and you're sort of on your own. And, you know, you also have to deal with the consequences of your playing career, like all of them, all the consequences, the, the physical side, but also like the good and bad decisions that you made in your career. It all sort of comes sitting down because it's like, here you are. It's uh negative five degrees. And I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, but it's, it's hard. It is. It's a, it's a, it is. There's all these aspects to it that are hard that can be challenging. I'm super lucky. I actually have probably in the last couple of years really realized how lucky I am uh to not really to sort of do whatever I want. And right now I didn't want to talk about, 
the Vikings all that much this year in the land of Coke. I don't get all the fun stuff. I'm going to meet you in Chicago and go to the game and go to the, you know, let's sit here and watch Kirk, you know, for 16 games and make a few bucks to do it. I think there's other things I have to do in my life right now. I got son in college. I got a sister with a, with a disability. I'm, there's all these things that have are more important now. And I'm really lucky that I get to spend my time helping other people in a lot of ways uh, in my family. It feels like it's the right time to do that. But yeah, to not have any structure there, that probably is the number one thing mm-hmm. is to not have to, you know, and the thing you know the most about has no value unless you coach mm-hmm. or unless you get in some sort of media broadcast. And those are the two most important things. And if you actually do either of those, you never really grow beyond football. Mm-hmm. You're still not going to emotionally probably mature of being away from a game and not having a part of your identity being that sport. Um, you know, my, uh, I, somebody once said, you, uh, uh, I'm sure we have been impressing people since you were like 10 years old. And I was like, yeah, right. The young athletic kid in right. town and won, won the tennis tournament and was the MVP of the baseball thing and was on the all-star team. And, you know, like I've been praised constantly my entire life. Uh, he's Sage Rosenfels, you know, leads uh, Makokota to big win over the Sabres, you know, and it has my yeah. stats in there and a quote from me. I've been getting that. And all of a sudden that's, that's over. That's a really weird thing. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a childhood actor type of, of issue that like they deal with. The difference is they can act forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a musician can really sort of be a musician pretty much forever, but athletes, you definitely can't be athletic anymore and to wear uh that competitive thing uh it it it, it the physically it's they can never as high as it was ever going to be right so that all that rush yeah so i don't know what was about five or six things there that are pretty complicated they get yeah. woven into guys just saying screw it i'm gonna drink alcohol or or whatever they're going to do and and um end up in, the, in a bad spot and it's you know it's plus the cte stuff Plus the CT stuff, which, uh, you know, who knows in my career, but luckily as a journeyman quarterback, I didn't play that much. And plus practices, you're not getting hit that much, you know, often at all. Where these guys, these linebackers are taking on hits every day, all the time, for years and years. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to, somebody said to me, imagine how many carries Adrian Pearson's had in his life. Because he was, he was the Adrian Pearson when he was like 11 on the right. top water team and right. wherever he was from. And he was getting 25 carries a game. That's a lot to your kid who, you know, maybe makes a tackle or two a game. And, and you know, and, and that's, you know. And, and Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But physically, what that is on the human body is that's not good either. Hey, if you've been listening to the show lately, you've been hearing about Scout Logistics. And trust me, I've been trying to get them to come out with a line of Vikings merch or something because my listeners are hearing their message all the time now. Maybe we can get them to partner with Soda Stick for the draft in those Scout Logistics scouting reports. 
Anyway, Scout Logistics joined up with us here at Purple Insider because they enjoyed the show and they wanted to get behind us. So if you have a business with shipping needs, then you're going to want to join up with them. Scout Logistics has a 99% delivery rate. They know exactly how to handle perishable goods and increased shelf life. They also ship non-perishable, oversized, fragile goods with the utmost care. You can contact them and see why North America's largest shippers and receivers have chosen Scout Logistics at 855-217-2688. That's 855-217-2688, extension 232, or at scout yeah, it's like you were in a handful of car crashes when you played. Adrian Peterson gets in a car crash 20 times a game time. for yeah years and years and years. And so there is um, a lot to unpack about what you said there. But I, I wonder, just uh, I was thinking about um, when you were playing, did you have a sense for how this would be? Or is it just never on your mind? Like what's going to happen after because you have to be so much in the moment and dialed in all the time? So what do you hear when you think of like rookie symposiums and things like that? What are the, the, the bullet points you think of? You think of like you have to prepare for a career afterwards. You know, you want to get your degree. Uh, they have different programs for this, different programs for that. And, but it's also it's like every minute I spend thinking about afterwards, this is my lottery ticket. This is it. This is the lottery ticket. Right. You know, maybe my music career can wait, you know? Um, right. or whatever guys, <laughs> or whatever guys sort of want to get into, yeah. you know, maybe my financial, Rob Conrad, we used to go fishing and he would be talking about stocks and mutual funds and bonds. He couldn't wait to his career to end because his hmm. body was breaking down from being a fullback at Syracuse yeah, and fullback right. in the NFL under Jimmy Johnson. He knew his end was, and so he was really looking forward to, uh, having a career that wasn't about making money with his body. Right. Um, so there's that aspect, too. But it's hard to because, you know, if you're making a million dollars, that's that's winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. And every year you can do that. So what's more important than that? What's more important? Um, what degree or, or what, you know, off the field, what business should I start? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, oh, if you start a business, now you're dealing with that. And you're not actually focused on the thing that's making you a million dollars. What are you doing? <laughs> you had a right, restaurant right. making you a million dollars a year. You would just own the restaurant and not worry about all the, uh, some other business. But they, you know, so it's this weird balance back and forth and, um, there's just no way to be prepared. I envy the people, the people that get done with their career and they immediately get into some job that ends up being like, oh, they, they got into being a financial advisor. They got into mm-hmm. this, they got into that. They're probably the same people who, when they were in like sixth grade, they knew they wanted to be a doctor and they ended up being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people aren't like that. Right. And life sort of forces you to sort of pick a lane and do it. And then again, you know, you retire at 35 and there's a lot of, you don't know what to do, you know, so it's, you're not forced to do anything. So it ends up being a, a weird dynamic. So Greg was talking about how he personally coped with this. And he just basically said, look, I didn't have much of an identity. And it was hard to answer the question, hey, what are you doing now? Oh, hey, you're Greg Camarillo or you're Sage Rosenfels. You played for Miami. What are you doing now? You know, and, and he, So that goes back to aspects of ego. Mm-hmm. Yep. You yep. that conversation. But again, as what I said earlier, your entire life you've been impressing people. Mm-hmm. And now to say you're a state farm agent and whatever isn't maybe in your own opinion something that's impressive. Right. But when you get to the point where what's really impressive is that 
Greg and I, you know, I just followed Greg on Instagram. We were teammates two different times, of course. He was sort of a journeyman receiver a little bit. Yep, right? yep. And, you know, that's another combination. That should be the golf tournament, journeyman quarterbacks and receivers. And why, yeah, right. Now you're getting slot guys left and right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, is, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, as I said, you've been impressing people, but, but, but what's actually really impressive is, again, it's those things is like, how do you judge yourself as a father? Are you doing the best you can? Who, who is in your circle is important to you? Your family, people, your best friends, the people that are still your high school friends, the occasionally call and still, I think it's things shift to, in some ways, I always say, just try to impress yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, I did that. Right. Um, that's not easy to do. You know, I'm a single father. So there's times where I feel like I'm trying to do things and then it makes me feel good. Like, Oh, I, I did that. Or I took my kids on that trip. They got to do that. It makes me feel good. It makes me worth the shoulder. It makes the shoulder injury way better when my kids get to go off to expensive colleges and they get to get, go to a private school or they get to have nice things. Or they get to drive nice cars, uh, whatever it might be. They get opportunities that maybe I didn't have and the injuries make, that's where the injuries have an like, effect on you. Mm-hmm. That, um, for me, this is worth it and it's going to get better, but it, it makes you feel good that my kids have those opportunities because of my sacrifice. And I think we don't talk about, um, you know, maybe that's something that for players that should be talked about is like, just so you know, you are making a sacrifice. If you play this right, you're going to sacrifice your body. You're going to enjoy it. And all this, but you're going to sacrifice your body and your body's going to break down for people around you to have nicer things and better opportunities. Mm-hmm. You need to think about that. And I think that to be a thing that makes, makes it feel like it was worth it. Right. The, 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 the guy who tiled my bathroom, I couldn't imagine the backbreaking work that, that is. And he's going to have weird shoulder things and knee things and hip things. And, but that's to me like the value of the work, uh, the value of accomplishing something and to know like I created that with my, you know, me- mental work and physical work. Um, but, uh, and I, and I think that's, there's, you know, something to that man, woman, whatever it might be. Uh, but I think that's another thing is when you're done playing, by the way, you, where's your value? You know, that wife that you have or girlfriend that you have that, you know, you're not making a million dollars a year anymore and you guys don't get along all that much. Right? Mm-hmm. What, what, where right. is your value to them? Right. There's other guys out there who are surgeons that are going to make a million dollars a year for the rest of their lives. Right. That's like right. a little better, you know. And there's a lot of those uh, personalities that hover around, you know, celebrities. <clears throat> Call number two. <clears throat> celebrities or professional athletes, they get – and then when you, when you don't have that celebrity or money thing anymore, your value goes down and becomes a, another really hard thing to come down from. And there's also the competitive nature of it too, that being a good dad and starting a insurance thing, it, or even being a broadcaster, it's not the same. Like, you know me and I'm pretty competitive as a radio host and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, that maybe a lot of people in media are competitive in their own way, but it's not the same as competing on an NFL field. And, and that's there's, the thing. there's a thing in media in general of everyone trying to be the, the smartest person, say the smartest thing in the room. And mm-hmm. I, that's legit, right? Draft mm-hmm. people. Yep. 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 The whole thing is who's, it's a contest and it's mm-hmm. not just sports. It's, politics probably too the whole thing of like who's the smartest guy to talk to it's why everyone likes Kornacki 
He's like the <laughs> guy. Who else is going to give you all this crazy information better than that guy, right? So people become like specialists of being like the sort of the smartest guy in the room with the best information, the best insight. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's just, so that's competitive in your world, just as yeah. in the, it's an industry. That's, that's probably in some sense it's capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Of being competitive and trying to be better than the guy or the, or the woman next to you at what they do. You know, whether it's man or woman, you, you gotta, you're competing against, you know, Courtney and, uh, uh, Sam, who you just hired on. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Not competing against Sam anymore. Uh, Chad Graff and all, you know, all these people, uh, you're competing against them. Paul Allen, right? Everyone's trying to fight for some ears and who's bad rat and who's, mm-hmm. whether it's information or entertainment of some sorts, uh, who, you know, and it's there. That's a real thing. That's and a I, real thing. Well, and I know for me that if I had not continued to do this, that would have been really tough like for me because it is competitive. Now, and that, and that to me is not even – What were you going to do? Hold on. Let's just say – Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. You get in an accent. You can't talk anymore. Would you just become, oh. a, would you become a typer then? Oh, and man. you just become a writer forever? If, if uh, the whole thing had gone away and this hadn't been an option – I don't know. Like I, I, I don't really have, and this is where I relate because for a minute there, for like a week, it was like, what, what am I going to do here? And then you don't pay you to play video games. (laughs) No, not unless you're really, really good at it. Uh, so, and those are my only skills. It's like doing this and playing Madden or uh, NBA 2K, and that's about it. Um, I even knew, even you know your limitations. Like yeah. that's, that's very honest. I think we're having a good conversation here. No, and this is and this is honestly why, like, I kind of relate to this a little bit because I know um, when you have something that you pour everything into, and it is a huge sense of pride to be good at this and be successful at this and to have created a career out of it. Because my hands weren't big enough to throw the football. Like you could, but but you love the game, you're right? Talking about and, the game. and and you put so much effort into it, and then someone wow. takes it away from you. And just for a second there, I kind of had a taste of it. But I got to jump right back in. NFL players don't get to jump right back in, and uh, you know I, well, I can that also, I think, connect with that. But there's the like you're a local person. There's the the national writers and, and radio and people. It's like, there's all sorts of various, it's a whole industry. People love talking about football. Mm-hmm. Thank God. It's, it's, it's incredible. It, there's so many aspects to it. Are there even baseball shows anymore? It's <laughs> a good question. You know, um, it's a bummer. And I grew up a baseball yeah. player. Oh, me too. You know? Me too. I grew up loving baseball, and it really feels like it's – Football it, media it's, just takes yeah. over every yep. market, uh, every city, just mm-hmm. about. It's just incredible. I've always thought about as a job that what players should do is schools should hire them to come in, and there should just be a football class called Football 101. Mm-hmm. And you just do your best to, to teach them coverages – plays, protections, fronts, give them the lingo. You sort of like give them a playbook. You create your own thing. You have tests on it yet, you know, all these things. But then get into like, you know, the Andrew Brandt world of of salary caps and, you know, and maybe have an agent come in or whatever. And, the, and you get to have a football one-on-one class at University of Texas at Austin. Like shouldn't Austin, Texas have a football? So every – boy, girl, student, you know, whatever, they have a better understanding for this great sport. Because most people, 
have no idea what's going on out there. It's a bunch of people. Why do they keep running into the pile? I get asked this all the time. Why don't they run around the pile of people? It makes no sense to me. Well, what's your answer? <laughs> to set up the play action is the answer. There. Yeah, right. And there so it's go. a very complex, it is a very complex game. Baseball is very simple. Tennis is super simple. Mm-hmm. And so the conversations about football are, and there's so many players and positions and, and the personalities are huge and billionaire owners and personalities of cities and, and history of it. It's really, it's quite the sport. Hey, um, just to circle back, um, I, I was curious about whether and how often you talk about these things with former players, because uh, Greg said after Vincent Jackson passed away, he got a lot of messages from people saying, hey, miss you. We got to catch up, that sort of thing. And it meant a lot. And it was really helpful and cathartic for him working through losing a close friend of his. And I know one of the most, I think, fun experience that I had just in my reporting career was walking around at the NFL Combine with you and just listening to you talk to other people. I would shake these giant hands, but I wanted to listen to you talk with Brady Quinn or you know whoever else we ran into because you guys really have a connection on a deeper level with the shared experiences. Right. It's a community. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we joke about the journeyman backup is that you get to really, uh, you have the best seat in the house for a long time and you're usually bouncing around. So you see various, you have these moments in time in your life where you're, where you become friends with these people at a young age. It's very important to all of you. You're all connected by it. And there's, especially as quarterbacks, there's so many things to talk about. But, you know, a lot of times quarterbacks end up sort of becoming, you know, you get to know the trainers and, of course, the coaches treat you differently. Uh, you know, I've had, I have had conversations with defensive coordinators and talk about different things. And, um, I remember when I came to the Vikings, I went in, in Leslie Frazier's office and took an hour long meeting with him and discussed his philosophy and football and, you know, some Mexican knows and you get to know people and just mm-hmm. sort of how they are. I'm not in that defensive room. But you, the journeyman quarterback gets to really see it all and you get to develop all those relationships. And there's people, these organizations are, there's all sorts of people in them from accountants and marketing people and you're just community relations people, the public relations, the Bobs and the Toms, mm-hmm. you know, and every team has those guys, uh, and ladies. And those relationships are, again, they're, they're very, they're, you know, it's quote unquote high points in your life that time. So you have all these memories that are sort of instilled in you that, that they, don't, they don't disappear. You know what I mean? And the people that do it for a career for 30 years, it's a whole crazy world, mm-hmm. uh, an industry. It's really something else. Um, but it's a lot of hard work. People work really, really hard. You work weird hours. Like if you want to be a trainer, you're going to be working <laughs> a, too much and all in the weekends and early in the morning and late at night. And, and it is a never ending thing where you could just go work at the local physical therapy place for your eight hour shift and that's your job you know it's, it's your choice and it's a lifestyle and and so i think everyone's sort of connected by it hey everyone we're in the full swing of winter now and soda stick has you covered if you're a hockey fan check out the north state icon shirts or the mick golden light snowmobile designs all of these along with great football designs like the skull hats 
football state beanies and hoodies, and my favorite, the Metrodome gear. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping. Just go to sodastick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. All of their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. That is S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. You um, have you since you've retired had the discussion about dealing with retirement with other guys that you played with, or is it kind of like, hey, remember that game, or I'm having shoulder surgery, or or something like that? Like, is it a discussion? I think for me it's a discussion less because I end up in Omaha around none of like sort of my <laughs> past. Yeah, right. You know, I I I ended up so far from it. A lot of people still live in the same cities and they mm-hmm. still hang out with some of the same teammates. I mean, if I lived in Houston, I'd be hanging out with Owen Daniels playing golf and Kevin mm-hmm. Walter and and who knows who. That All these, a lot of guys live down there. Uh, here I got pretty separate pretty fast and I think that actually probably helped me. Mm-hmm. It was a further fall, I think, for me because it was like career-ending, divorce, end up in Omaha, Nebraska, not knowing anybody. It was a very unusual fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it, 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 there's times of challenge in that, definitely. And that's a pretty big horse to get kicked off of. And right. you don't get kicked off by choice. You don't right. like, oh, I'm going to, it's time for me to, re-, you know, it doesn't happen that way. So it, it is, but I think, I think for me, it's the, it, it, it was a pretty hard landing, but it's, um, the, it takes a lot of work and the years of work and therapy to get, to get back to where, uh, I'm very proud of my career and feel about like all the things and the sacrifice on those things. It, it is a process. And, you know, we do get free, we get eight free therapy sessions a year through the NFL. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Eight free therapy sessions a year. I recommend every player take every one of them. Mm-hmm. And how about this? We get eight free therapy sessions per issue. So yeah, take this one for anxiety and this one for, you know, troubles with your kids or something. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter. Take 16. They're free. It's one of the few things we get that's that's still free that we I think we get for life, and so I recommend all players to take all of those as much as possible. You know, it, it's worth it. That's interesting, and that's a, a discussion kind of where I, I wanted to end was like, what could everybody do better? I mean, you know, I saw you know Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk said like, did we fail Vincent Jackson? And I think that's kind of tough. You know, it's hard it's hard to say. Like, could the the NFL have done something better for him when he was a player to transition out of the league. And, yeah. you know, and then, and there are the rookie symposiums and there are more resources now, probably by far than even when you played it, it's never going to be perfect, I think, but is there something that could be done better? Yes. I mean, so one, one of my best friends in Omaha is a guy that was in the military for 10 years, was in Iraq in the war. When I first met him, his nickname amongst his friends was Iraq. Hmm. Because he was in the war for three or four years. And in a weird way, I think we bonded over the years. Um, I think I'm about seven and a half years, eight years, is because we both went through this odd traumatic experience in our, you know, late teens, early twenties. And then you get out of it and you get out of that to come back to the United States and, and you see how our culture is here. And it's like, it's a shock to the system. They were in a world where people were shooting at them and they were shooting other people and they were, uh, it just, you know, stress all the time and structure like crazy. 
again, back to structure. Mm -hmm. They are told when to wake up, how to do it, when to do it, do it this way, do it better, do it faster, do it perfectly. And it's, you know, the military is like the most socialized thing in the world. It is 100% control. Like they own you. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, football is not that by any means, but you do have all this structure, and it is sort of a weird traumatic life experience that other people don't go through, and they just can't. You can't connect them with like the average person sometimes, um, and that's sometimes what his struggles is just people obsessed about going to Starbucks and spending five dollars on a cafe latte, or whatever, and like he still has what you know the memories of of uh, his his early twenties that probably haunt him, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, there's, there is a similarity there in a weird way, different le- levels and totally different things, but I think probably the same sort of trauma and, you know, almost PTSD. That's interesting. Uh, so how does he deal with it? He's a good father. That's how he, that's how I, that's, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing that, you know, he and I talk about. He's got two super cute daughters and, you know, try to keep everything in perspective mm-hmm. and, um, of where everything in life is and where, you know, he and I came from two totally different backgrounds and, I love being around him. You know, he's like one of my COVID friends, like that one person I can hang out with and have a, <laughs> yeah. have a drink with on the back deck or something like that. And, and uh, you know, everyone has their different ways of trying to cope with things. That's a good question because how he copes with it is probably should be how NFL players in some ways figure out a way to cope with it because it's probably the same, uh, uh, you know, therapeutic ways through it mentally. Well, I'm really glad we could get together and, and discuss this. When I asked you, I was like, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I mean, because usually I'm, I'm asking rambling like crazy, but yeah, it's probably stuff that's it's always on your mind, and you're always having these conversations and things you hear from therapists and your family. My sister's a therapist. My God, my sister's a therapist. So <laughs> you know, you end up having all these types of like you know discussions all the time, and you know, the NFL is a whirlwind. You know, the NFL is a whirlwind, and um, it's addicting too. Definitely mm-hmm. a big thing. So it's hard to come come off of that. Well, I'm really glad that uh, you have done the post career media stuff because we've gotten to know each other and I've learned so much from you and always do and continue to here today. And I hope that other people do kind of understand what players are going through leaving the game that they would not have understood otherwise. So, so can I, I say one? That. Can I say one thing? You know, I I've done media stuff. I occasionally will train some quarterbacks. I do some local kids around here occasionally. I'll do mm-hmm. you know these. Elite 11 type kids and to Ian Book, the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I, and I enjoy doing it, but less about talking about the football. I actually enjoy helping somebody try to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And if anything, I have a PhD in, uh, I guess it would be football. And there's a whole bunch of different aspects of that. And one way for me to express that and, and share that is through media, through an article, maybe, or us talking about things. As best I know. Uh, and the other one is like teaching, you know, high school quarterbacks or young quarterbacks, um, whether I like football or not. You know, it's like it's like the one thing if you could say I'm an expert at it's probably that one thing. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one's an expert parent. Nobody. <laughs> right. Right. So none of us can, you know, but this is like the one thing. But I get I get to have the I enjoy the relationships out of it. I mm-hmm. enjoy trying to see somebody progress and make their craft better and just be but also I get to add the like it's not about football and I have these little conversations with them about their lives mm-hmm. so so they're not you know so I can give, maybe give them in a different way that has nothing to do with football at all and teach them little lessons that I've learned over the years too so um, that's why I stay in the game yeah certainly trying to uh, impact other people in a positive way I think is one way to find your 
post-career identity, you know? So, um, great stuff, man. And next time I'm going to make you watch all the first round prospects and then you're going to have to grind tape. You have to come on here and explain why the Vikings should trade up for Trey Lance and all those sorts of things. But, uh, for now, this is, this was really, um, really, really interesting conversation. I appreciate all your time as always. All right. Thanks for having me on.